Hi, guys, and welcome to Please Don't Send Me Into Outer Space, the podcast intent on exploring all that science fiction and fantasy has to offer, one movie at a time. Welcome to 2018. My name is Joel. My name is Sarah. And my name is Aaron. The movie this week is The Extraordinary Adventures of Adele Blanc-Sec, eh, from 2010, a.k.a. Les Aventures Extraordinaires de... Obviously, I don't do French very well. Don't, don't, even, don't even look at it. Don't, it's, it's, the, the Adventures of Lady Indiana Jones. Yeah, uh, right. Well, it's like Lady Tintin. <coughs> Lady Tintin. I guess, I don't know. Oh, you should have a bullwhip, you're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Directed by Luc Besson and adapted by Luc Besson from the comics of Jacques Tardy. Starring Louis Bourgeon, Matthew Almerick, Giles Laroche, Jean-Paul Rove, Jackie Narsain, and Philippe Nahon. Oh, and Nicholas Girard. Those are, like, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the, the names of the the characters. The only one I... Justin de Saint-Hubert. I wonder if that was the guy with the goofy teeth. That was the bad guy. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not sure. This was a really great movie. Like, this is a lot of fun. Heck in my yeah. opinion. Heck yeah. And Sarah picked it out of a hat. <sighs> yeah, this was my pick. I, uh, I have a few in the back of my mind that I've been thinking about picking. But this one was one I put on my watch list on Letterboxd a while ago, and I never knew exactly what it was going to be like, and I was like, do I want to gamble it on my pick? And I'm glad I did, because I actually liked it, and I I think that we have kind of a fresh experience when we're all watching something we haven't seen before, so it was kind of a random, but it was kind of already on my on my list of things to see. So excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad I, I picked it. Me too. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you. I was, um, I was talking with, uh, <laughs> one of our listeners, uh, Andrew Lopez, who is a fan of, uh, Luke Besson. Oh, cool. And, uh, he hasn't seen this movie yet. And so he's very excited to hear what we're talking about right now. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. So this is actually the third Luke Besson movie we've done now. With, yeah. Uh, Leon and, Fifth Element, right? I've been looking at that. Uh, was Wasabi one of his? No, it's no? just produced by. Him. Oh, okay. Okay. Mm. okay. Genre. That was Lo- that was Andrew Lopez's pick for us. I know he's a cool, dude. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He told me to watch. We need to watch more Japanese mm. movies or something like that. That's cool. I don't know. I wrote it down, Andrew. I promise. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know he did Lucy. Oh, that is one I haven't seen yet. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet either. It's pretty fun. He did this movie called Subway, it looks like, that has the same actress in it. Oh, cool. Or is it the same actress? I think that's like one of his earliest movies, so I'm not sure. It looks like her. I don't know. 
So let's like yeah, let's talk about this. This was a crazy adventure movie. Like I don't I've seen people mention this movie like on Letterboxd or just like the people I follow and it, it seemed like most people were kind of like lukewarm on it, mm. you know? Mm. I don't know. Maybe they walked in with expectations because it was Luke Besson, but like, uh, I don't, it, it's not really like... Yeah, I'm trying to think of criticism for this movie, and uh, I I was blown away. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I maybe it was just my kind of like low expectation. I saw the trailer, and I was like, oh, that looks pretty fun. Yeah. But then I, life happened, and I forgot about this movie, mm. and... um. And Sarah was like, yeah, I want to watch this. And I, and I got so excited because I was like, oh, yeah, that was on my kind of really want to watch this list. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this this falls into the Netflix category that would be recommended to me. The fantasy period with a strong female lead type movie. Sick, yeah. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and I, I think that the main actress in this is awesome Mm -hmm. i think she is a phenomenal actress and i think that it would be interesting to see her play different roles so i'm probably going to check out more of her movies but there's something really charming about this story and it can be hit and miss with fantasy like i think we watched one once that i just decided to watch at random remember that a long time ago back to the future no, I think it was the <laughs> Mirror Mask. Mirror Mask. Oh, yeah. Neil Gaiman's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes, and I mean, I love Neil Gaiman too. I'm. I think that fantasy can be hit and miss, just the way sci-fi can be, and uh, it all depends on the execution. Yeah. I have a confession for Mirror Mask. Huh. And my confession is, I've fallen asleep every time I've tried to watch that movie. It's really slow. I, I love Neil Gaiman, but yeah. I'm sorry, man. It's really slow. Visu- visually kind of cool, but I felt maybe, maybe just uh, it's a movie I should try to watch while I'm like uh, sitting up <laughs> as opposed to laying down. I mean, somebody, right. if somebody asks us to watch it for the podcast, then, then you'll have to stay awake. I'm yeah. sorry. Well, but. you could just slap me a couple times, July. Yeah. My confession for that movie is I don't remember a goddamn thing about it. Not a thing. <laughs> I remember some pretty colors, some cool effects and makeup. Mm. kind of stuff but i i can't tell you what the story was mm. i feel bad they use some really cool effects in the movie and that that story is really slow moving and kind of what's the word it's kind of a cerebral type movie mm. like kind I'm cool of with a, that. dreamscape but it's not the movie dreamscape like mm. an actual dreamscape you feel like you're <laughs> you're <laughs> <laughs> Dreams. But you know what? It was a lot more exciting than uh than uh what do you call it? I don't know. <laughs> Which oh. one are you talking about was more exciting? A very cerebral film perhaps Mirror we watched. Mask. Mirror Mask was more exciting than, than The Fall. No. Oh. Uh Fall's pretty good, dude. Yeah, I know. I like The Fall. Me too. That's just I associate the two. I don't know why. But this, I, I mean, speaking of exciting, let's go sure. back to this movie, because I, I feel like this yeah. was like an adventure movie, I think, like I think through and through. I feel like I, I had a, te- a telepathic link moment with Sarah, though, and I yeah. think the movie that she's referring to is the one with The Zone. Yeah! 
stalker. Yeah, the zone. Yeah, the zone was the word I was looking <laughs> that's, for. That's, stalker. That's, that's stalker. Like comparing apples and hammocks. <laughs> stalker. I I will go on the record as saying this, even though I don't remember Mirror Mask very well. Yeah. Mirror Mask is like a stalker. <laughs> <laughs> for kids. Oh, oh, stalker for kids. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's like stalker, but for kids. <laughs> uh, n- nothing but mad props for Neil Gaiman, who's always trying to, who's always trying to push art for like all ages. In yeah. my opinion, did you guys like, want to talk about Mirror Mask? Because we could we could switch over. I just didn't. sorry, we were just <laughs> trying to finish a thought there, and oh, we yeah, were both okay. on the same page. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. I just want to talk about. We got you in the corner now, the Joel. Extraordinary Adventures of Adele Blanc Sec. Yeah. Okay, let's go back to this it. movie's cool too. Let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. So, this movie starts off in. Uh, a museum. <laughs> the movie starts off. The, the movie. Oh, like quick synopsis. Mostly narrated the whole time by by an unseen, you know, just just a narrator voice. But he introduces us to a character who he immediately identifies as somebody who is not important to the story, except for everything starts with him. And it's just this. This like it's, it starts off right off the bat with these characters that look like you know somebody somebody drew them. They're, they've yeah. got like everybody's wearing these prosthetics and stuff like everybody's that. Everybody's goofy looking. And this this is an overweight you know kind of pompous looking man who uh, <clears throat> he's intoxicated. He's, you know, <laughs> we talk about you know he's had his drinks and he's walking home. He's walking and he stops in front of this golden statue of a man on a horse who's. Holding, you know, uh, like a uh, what do you call those uh, uh, with a flag attached? Yeah. You know? Um. Anyway, <laughs> and he stops to take a leak. Where you know, so he's just peeing, minding his own business, <laughs> and then all of a sudden he starts to see colors change in the sky, like like he's seeing the northern lights, you know, aurora borealis. And he starts freaking out, and he zips. Yeah, you know, I don't even know if he zips up. He could, he could be running down the street with his dingus hanging out. Watch out for the bears. That's right. They're after your dingus, Joel. And the narrator points out that he is very drunk, but he is not imagining what he just saw. Then we go into an apartment right next to the statue, where we see a very decrepit-looking man. He looks like Mike from Breaking Bad. Uh <laughs> He kind of reminds me of the guy from the Magic Mountain commercials. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Then he the started. fake old guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what it reminded me of. But he is sitting in a chair, and there are objects floating around him, all around him in a circle, and he himself is floating in the air. <laughs> like you do. Unexplained. We don't, we, you're not getting this part explained. You will eventually get this explained. That's one of the good things about the movie. It doesn't really leave anything to, like, question. And then we go to a museum, I believe. A pterodactyl comes out of an egg. Well, that's the movie. A pterodactyl cracks out of an egg that's been sitting there in a glass case forever as a fossil, but he comes out of it. Mm -hmm. And then you kind of see that there's this connection between him and the guy that was floating in the apartment. (laughs) He keeps flat. Yeah. They keep flashing (laughs) back to the old man and, and the, he's looking around like a bird. (laughs) 
Oh, yeah, you do. He kind of squawks a little bit, too, so, at that point, right? It's just, like, so goofy straight from the beginning. Like, fun. Goofy. Yeah, and they keep doing these, like, really funny shots that are, like, these up-close kind of, like, slice-of-life moments for, like, people in the building and stuff, and for the other guy, and for other, and for the pterodactyl, and, like, it's, <laughs> like, it's just really silly, and that part kind of reminded me of, like, a, like, Amelie, or, like, a... Oh, like, uh, yeah, Anderson... Wes Anderson. Wes Anderson. Yeah, it was kind of like a Wes Anderson moment, mm, too. I see. For me. Yeah. But this is all, yes. So, we, we yes, a, a pterodactyl, a, a full-grown pterodactyl, escapes from a museum, pops out of a giant egg. Uh, this is probably the, the worst thing about the movie. Not, not, the, not the pterodactyl or anything like mm. that, but they do a lot of computer effects, and they, they have not aged well, but... They also don't really take away from the movie. I, I didn't have many problems with it. I mean, it was definitely noticeable, but it didn't really take me out of, like you said, didn't take right. me out of the movie uh, too often. There were there was a moment near the climax of the film where 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 I was kind of like, oh, okay, but then I was just like, ah, go with it. Yeah, yeah. It's all it's all very short. It's not not like we're watching this pterodactyl the whole time be this is a computer construct like i think i think it is practical sometimes isn't it uh there were a couple of times where it looked pretty practical to yeah. me um i'd have to do a little more imdb research on that yeah or aaron can you go do that yeah um back? can you just pause this yeah we'll podcast? just pause this. All right, yeah okay he's back yeah yeah looks okay legit good <laughs> This is the setup for the whole story, and <laughs> at this point, I was like, it could be called the old man and the pterodactyl. <laughs> <laughs> and when you get down to it, the movie is not really about an old man or the pterodactyl, but we haven't gotten to the part where this movie's actually about what it's about. Yeah, this is all set up, man. Yeah. But this pterodactyl goes on the town... We uh, go to a a can can club or whatever. And there's some important muckety muck that's there. He's uh, I don't I don't know. Is it's the the important thing is that he is a, a politician or a former politician who was as far as everyone was concerned is above reproach, except for we see him in his uh, carriage later, trying to trying to have his way with his uh, can can lady. She's into it. Don't worry. He says a oh, little, yeah. he says a little poetry. Yeah, she's she likes that. When we were looking at everybody, I forgot we went to the Moulin Rouge for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so true. That's the thing. It goes everything happens. Yeah, so it's fast. Be- beats are really fast. Yeah. yeah. And uh, our pterodactyl catches up with them, and apparently he murders them. Although we don't see that. Like when. Later, they're doing the the montage of like people trying to sell newspapers and stuff like that, and one of them says like, uh, "Official murdered by giant flying and dinosaur or whatever." And I was like, "Oh, he's just making that up to sell the story." No, no, apparently that pterodactyl killed those three people. <laughs> but yeah, and uh, during this, we also get introduced to uh, one of the main characters, which is a police officer with very large ears. And uh, he just, you know, he just wants to eat something. Yeah, I think that was Aaron's favorite 
He made me laugh. He had, <laughs> he had like his his phaser was set to dad jokes. It was crazy. and uh, and each 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 one of them. Uh, well, the best part was is because he had a couple other police officers following him around that would do the kind of like almost Muppet kind of kind of thing going on in the background. Little minions behind that, him. It, it floored me like almost yeah. every time. And, and, and it wasn't that the joke was necessarily good. It's just that the, the follow up of the a little posse. Of them. It, it it hit me in the right spot. What can I say? Like, what time is it? Oh, one o'clock. Oh, but time also, for lunch. <laughs> but like his every reaction, like to everything, was just like on the money. He just seemed so like befuddled <laughs> by everything and just kind of like just thinking about it's driving me crazy. Oh, okay, okay. Well, here we go then. <laughs> and and also like very proper, but like at the same yeah, it was like making fun of like an overly cautious, like, <clears throat> gentleman from that time. Yeah. Yeah. He's supposed to be, like, a world-class, like, at least, uh, he's, he, they present him, he's got all these awards, you know, for his detective, his, you know, things that he solved and stuff like that, but when we see him in action, he's just bumbling, <laughs> and, but in doing police work, I mean, he ends up finding, you know, the pterodactyl yep. and stuff like that, so I guess he is good at his job, but... Well, especially with, when, when like, his superior gave him, you have 24 hours to solve the pterodactyl case, and he's just kind of like, whoa, okay. Yeah, they kept <laughs> cutting it down. That was a funny month. Yeah, yeah. you have 72 hours, the next person, 48 hours. 24 hours. I want to solve it in 24 hours. Ooh. Yeah, and mm. he he seems, I think that's part of what's so funny about the whole thing, is that is that everybody kind of is good at what they do, but they also fall into things just by chance right. or yeah. things go right or wrong, just kind of, and nothing is really nothing. It's silly. Nothing is really bad. Like yeah. nothing is ever really bad. Even some of the more like macabre, you know, curiosity shop type things that happen mm. in the movie. Yeah, there's, there's a certain level of grotesqueness to it, like, especially just like people's faces and, yeah. and like some things that happen <clears throat> to people that are, that are funny, but it's not like, it doesn't take, you know, doesn't turn it too dark at any point or anything like that. I, I feel it definitely keeps a pretty lighthearted kind of feel all the way through, even with a lot of dark, <laughs> even dark with concepts and, and stuff. Yeah. 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 So Tim Burton-esque. There was one moment yeah. in there where I was like, whoa, this could go this other way. <laughs> and I think, yeah. So, th I don't know. Do you want to still keep going through it or do you uh, want to paraphrase yeah, it? Yeah, let's, let's, let's go. I, I, you know, listener, kind listener, you may have noticed we haven't actually mentioned Adele Blanc-Sec uh, yet. That's because she doesn't get properly introduced not even now. A little bit later. <laughs> a little bit later. Even before that happens, we we find out about a young man who uh, is desperately in love with her. Uh, although you don't you don't really know what the situation is. He just kind of like he went to a book signing one time. And yeah, she wrote down his name, Andrej, the J, like, like Jaguar, like Jaguar. Mm. Yes, she's a writer. Yes. And he bought her a copy of her book from her last adventure. And uh, apparently that's what the, the publisher sends her off to go discover these things like that. She's supposed to be in Peru, you know, at Machu Picchu, trying to find the mystery of the, the ancient kings or something like that. But when we first find her, she is not. <gasps> 
at Machu Picchu. What? She is in Egypt. What? Egypt. And there's a camel. This very cute camel. This is how this is how I took my notes. I only wrote down animals. <laughs> do pretty well. And she, you know, what? trying to get the camel. To what was go she doing in Egypt, Joel? Was she trying to look for Yu-Gi-Oh? Well, she you don't really know what she's mm. looking for, but I think she she does she does say, you know, red-eyed blue dragon or whatever. <laughs> it's a blue-eyed white dragon, Joel. Blue red blue orange dragon, three-headed <laughs> monster. Mhm. You never thought I would pull this card. <laughs> She's looking for um, Exodia. <laughs> a mummy. <gasps> a body of some kind. Yeah, she goes into a tomb and there are two there's two sh- there's one shady dude that's outside and he likes Caesar and he runs off to go you don't know what he's going to go do but there's also two shady dudes that are with her in the tomb along with a a, a friendly Egyptian companion. And as she starts to figure things out, she's reading and she, she points out the machine that, that wrapped the mummies, which, uh, I'm pretty sure was not, I'm pretty sure they did it by hand. There wasn't. Pretty sure too. Pretty sure too. But, but, you know, how awesome is that, 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 you know, they created this thing, you know? No, no, it's like, it's, it's cool. great for the story. It's, it's really cool. But it's, it's like, it's just kind of like a nudge, like we're nerds and nudging each other. Yeah, that's not how it worked actually. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I definitely had that moment, too, where I was like, that's inaccurate. <laughs> and she comes upon a, a hallway, but there's this this black glue, goo in it. And this is when the two uh, ugly-looking guys are like, all right, it's time for you to leave. We're going to take over from here, young lady. So they, they try to make her leave, and she says, okay, I'm out of here. She starts to walk out, and they they're like... Oh, wait, no, but, but before she leaves, she starts reading this thing, and she figures out another clue. It's not the entranceway that they're looking at that she wants to go through. And she opens up another secret entrance inside this tomb, and they go downstairs, and all of a sudden, they're in, yeah, they're in ducktails. <laughs> it Shabooey. all seems to happen kind of, like, cartoonish, mm. that she just kind of knows what to do and kind of... You know, bumps something with her arm and kind of shines a whatever. It, it's Indiana Jones ish, but it's also kind of. Is that a person wrapping a mummy? Yeah, it was a person with a nice cool mask. Well, that's Anubis oh, nice. wrapping a mummy specifically. Yeah. So they they got the best. Anubis isn't there. They're just representing Anubis. Oh. He's wearing an Anubis mask. It's like it's like when a guy dresses like Ronald McDonald, but it's not really Ronald McDonald. He's hired somebody. <laughs> <laughs> so or that, Santa. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Celebrity impersonators. It's Anubis's helper, guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, from Flight of the Concords, a celebrity impersonator. Yeah. So through that sequence, it's just so cartoony. It is, I'm just yeah. About it's really them celebrating all the gold. Uh-huh. Yeah, they were really I, going over the top. I, I really enjoyed it, but you're right; it was pretty cart. It was it was straight up Ducktales. I mean, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't. That's not. I, I say it's cartoony. It's not a problem. It was. It yeah. was just like. It was so much fun. Yeah, this movie was great fun. Mm-hmm. There's so much fun stuff to look at. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, and that scene in particular, too, just like all the gold, you know, and like 
And and uh, that one guy's just putting on more and more headdress and like uh, yeah. <laughs> necklace. <laughs> that was funny. We actually were like talking about Jafar mm. as the guy in Please. Aladdin. <laughs> and you shall have your reward. And you shall have your reward. <laughs> it was like they went into the the cave of wonders mm. there. Your eternal reward. There was no problem touching the gold until the gold turned on them. That's right. Just very briefly. It wasn't really a reason to. That's just like in the Cave of Wonders. Yeah. You know, yeah. you're not supposed to touch any of that stuff. Mm-mm. Only the right person knows what you're supposed to get and that you need to leave everything else behind. Yeah. Well, there's tons of treasure, but Adele is not interested in that. She's interested in this one car- uh, sar- carsophagus. Sarcophagus is what I was about to say. <laughs> and they crack it open, which I don't think that's that's a no-no. Don't do that. Mm-mm. Okay, yeah. Mm-mm. Crack it open and guess what's inside? What was inside, Joel? A mummy. <gasps> what? A specific mummy. This mummy is supposedly the pharaoh's physician. Oh. An ancient doctor. It's exactly who she was looking for. So they get ready to take it out. And then somebody shows up at the door. Somebody not good. Somebody who doesn't really have a major role to play in the movie. <laughs> I thought he was going to come back. Me too. But it's a bad guy who looks kind of steampunky, cartoonish too, and old. Did he have like a bad guy track? Like music, tr- musical track when he, when he sure showed he up, like, yeah. kind of like, yeah. kind of like Darth Vader almost, mm-hmm. or like a, yeah, or like just like a, like a dun dun dun. Bad guy's kinda. theme, yeah. Ah, yes, there's nothing you can possess, Doctor Jones, that I may not take from you. <laughs> Something. Did like you that. write that down from the movie? Uh, just no. when we were watching it, <laughs> <laughs> I just came up with this line. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. It was very Indiana Jonesy. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. But I really liked it. It Me had too. that Luc Besson style, and it was really, and she was charming. Oh yeah, um, her character. Yeah. And so they get into a big fight with this guy. Mm. He's going to have her killed. Oh yeah, he's not gonna. Yeah, he's he's just gonna take her out. She's been a thorn in his side one too many times. You know, although he does say thank you for giving me this treasure. Yeah, they kind of allude to the fact that they've had interactions in the past. That maybe he's her nemesis or something. We don't know exactly. But Darth Vader. We do know that there's a lot of oil that is flammable because we heard that before he steps in there. <laughs> there's definitely some mention of that. Yeah. Sure. There's a part earlier. It really burns where, someone's hand. Yes, where a guy where the, she points out the black stuff. And then they're trying to make her go away, and some guy like reaches his hand in there and just kind of dips it in so he can sniff it. And s- another person reaches his torch over. And oh the yeah, hand yeah, on. the guy's hand on fire. <laughs> I forgot about that. I was like, oh my gosh, is this going to be a person on fire moment? That's <laughs> like a joke to play on somebody. Ha ha. Yeah, I know. Like he, like, it's almost like he intentionally just put the torch to his hand. Yeah. It's like, like slapsticky. Like, take this jackass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that Good luck happen. using both your hands now, Mister. <laughs> He put it out eventually. It was fine. In the sand, yeah. There is so much to talk about mm. in this movie. Just thinking about the rest of it, I'm like, wow. There's yeah. a lot there. 
Yeah, so, yeah, she uses the oil to start a fire and run away. And she gets back to the burial chamber, jumps onto the sarcophagus. There's a secret door in the middle of the floor that she slides out, goes down a, you know, pipe system or something like that, and pops right out of the middle of the Nile, and then uses a, I don't know, a ceremonial oar, apparently, or something, (laughs) to row herself back to Cairo. She says you need to be really polite around mummies because they can hear everything that you're saying. Mm-hmm. That's important. And um, she's polite to him, even though she uses the sarcophagus as a as a rowboat to get mm-hmm. <laughs> back to where she's going. Yeah, she apologizes. She does. It's okay. Yes. Yes. Esperando, the old man that I saw in the beginning, says that the body may die, but the mind never does. Oh. And that's when we get, that's later when we get into the secrets. But yeah, so back in, uh, I assume this takes place in France, right? Obviously. It is definitely France. It's Paris for sure, because there's a shot of the the Eiffel Tower. Tower. Yeah, of course. There's a whole scene on the Eiffel Tower. Oh. Remember when he's like trying to track them, when they get the hunter and he's trying to track them? Well, yeah, because I think he pointed up like he was going to go up to, I remember that. Oh. Remember, and it fell on the. Oh yeah, and it was gross. It was gross. Oh yeah, I remember now. And that was during the jail montage. That was. There's a lot of things. There's a lot of things <laughs> in this movie. This movie's pretty fast paced. Lots of stuff going on. Yeah. In a good way. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, see, that's that's just the beginning. Like, like we've just talked about the beginning here. What do, what do you guys want? Do you want to keep going on the story this way? Because I feel like we'll be talking for three hours. Yeah, we would be. That's <laughs> what I'm afraid of. I think that okay. Um, we might want we might want to maybe, hit some highlights here. Maybe we should say what our favorite part was. Mm, man, I don't have that prepared, but I can I can come up with something for I sure. Can't, I can't. You want me to like my favorite part was the entire movie, really. Like, but. I really liked her interactions with. Oh no, that's maybe I'll pick the pri- the prison montage because there's a point where the old man gets locked away because he gets held responsible for the pterodactyl running loose after a very hilarious scene in his apartment. Uh, and <clears throat> Adele needs the professor because he has a book that's about conquering death. And she has a specific reason why she needs that, you know, the professor to help her. And so she first tries to get in there by pretending to be his lawyer. So she puts on a fake mustache and they let her in. And while she's there talking to the professor, his actual lawyer shows up. And so they throw her out. Then I think the next thing that happens is she's pretending to be a big, fat, ugly (laughs) cook. You know, walking with this huge <laughs> thing of slop and she's like slopping people right there. She's like, <laughs> like it's purposely <laughs> disgusting looking. Oh, but it, but it's, the timing was perfect so with another funny. with another disgusting yeah, scene another, as well. Another sloppy thing. Yeah, <laughs> I was going. Yeah, it's pretty but good. Eventually, the chef shows up and they kick her out <laughs> with that costume. Then she comes back dressed as a nun, I believe. That doesn't last for very long nope. because she. While she's being taken to see a certain, a different prisoner, she runs off to go talk to the to professor. She's going all flying nun style. Then she, I believe she successfully comes in 
Is that when she's dressed as a guard? Well, or is well, a different time. She comes in as a nurse. That's right. She and she the knocks the guy out with the with the with the the vial injection. injection. Oh, give him a shot. They they to go straight to the professor's. Uh, yeah, yeah. She finally cells, gets there. Sticks the thing into the guard's butt. And he falls over unconscious. Mm-hmm. And she says, "I'm here to rescue you." He's lying on his cot, and he says, "I'm actually really tired right now. Can you come back later?" <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. I know. She immediately walks out. Mm. She she lets herself out of the prison instead of getting kicked out. Like very upset. It was really funny. Yep. That, was, that was a pretty good moment. It was. And so the last part is that she dresses as a police officer, relieves the person who's on duty, walks all the way back to the professor's chamber with the keys in hand, gets ready to open the door, and there's somebody else in the cell. It turns out they transferred the professor because they're going to execute him the next day. But it's it's just like like that the, all that stuff happens within like a you know like a 20 25 minute block or something like that, but there's all kinds of scenes in between because we're not only following her and the professor, but we're also find, following the police officer and a different character that comes in and there's also the the young man who is a scientist that works at the museum with a different scientist there's just all kinds of things but i think that's my favorite section there yeah yeah cuz it's it's just and it's funny. comic timing it's yeah yeah it is it's really funny mm-hmm. i'm trying to think of what my favorite part mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. see you asked a hard question <laughs> well there's a part with toucan oh the horse the horse is for the police station Oh, pigeons and sheep, of course. <laughs> Scottish terrier. Oh, that was a cute. <clears throat> that was a cute doggy. I applaud the movie for not just having the dog become pterodactyl food. Yes, because that was my immediate. I was like, oh, they're just setting it up to be like a, an afternoon treat. Yeah, just snack. There were a few moments where animals got hurt, and sometimes I'm like, oh, no way, when mm. I'm watching a movie and an yeah. animal gets hurt. Yeah, but, not cool. But they, they kind of handled it lightheartedly, and they they didn't kill the dog, which was good. I'm just saying, they had ample... Yeah. They were, there, there was a lot of like, oh, yeah, that dog's dead. And the, Yeah, they set a precedent. <laughs> I mean, yeah. this thing's willing to kill humans, so and why wouldn't they kill a dog? Yeah. Well, it decides to adopt the dog instead. Yeah. yeah. It's so good. They, it's they, so good. The, the pterodactyl and the dog are fighting over like a cow, Our a best cow friends. rib or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as the dog gets a chance, it tries to run off with it. Like the whole thing. It's the best. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the good. The dog was the star of the show. Mm-hmm. He was a real he came, he came, he was actor. A, uh, Snowy. Right? Mm-hmm. Isn't Snowy a Scottish Terrier anyways? I think so. Yeah. It's a popular pup in the comics. Mm-hmm. So I uh, honestly, my favorite part of the movie is her style overall. I like her character and that she's a real adventurer, and I like that she's willing to do anything. There is this dark, morbid thing, and I don't know if we should talk about that or not. Which particular part are we talking about? Her like family situation. I, I mean, if you want to, I was purposely dancing around it just because we hadn't brought it up. Mm-hmm. But if you think, like, I think that also one of my favorite parts is her, like, her interactions with her, yeah. her sister. You know, we're talking yeah. About. 
So, okay, so this is the part where I wasn't sure which way this sh- movie was going to go for a minute. Yeah. When they introduce her sister, because basically we know that she's going to get this doctor from Egypt to help her sister, because they can use the old professor's skills to bring back the doctor from the dead, the way they did the pterodactyl. And they can use that on her sister. But when you get, when she comes back home and she starts talking to her sister, you realize that her sister is dead. Right. She's at least an invalid to the point where she, like we see her, she's in traction. She looks pale. You know, they're talking about how she's not eating or anything like that. Like we don't, don't even know if it's a joke or not because. She has a spike coming out of the middle of her forehead, like an obvious spike. And uh, they they do a reverse shot, and you see that there's it's something going. It, it looks from like the back. Yeah, 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 like a giant like needle has has pinned her straight through the thing. And I honestly wasn't sure if they were going to tell us how that whole situation happened, and I, I probably wouldn't have been worried about that because, like, I think they intended to make more than one movie. Yeah. No. It. it I think the story helped it, and it was cool that they did, like, show that. Well, that scene is great. Yeah, it is. I think that, yeah. So she's, when you encounter that at first, you're kind of like, "Uh uh-oh. Yeah. But, I mean, if the old man can bring people back from the dead, that was something that occurred to me, too. I was like, "Yeah, is she not willing to accept that her sister's dead? Or, I mean, does she know her sister's dead or does she not know? And then at some point you realize that she do- she is aware. She just really wants her back and to be better. And that could have gone any number of ways. I mean, talking yeah. to a corpse, that could go really dark. <laughs> yeah. She could have been cuckoo, cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs or whatever. Yeah. But the way they handle it is super lighthearted, and it's, like you were saying, it's, like, entertaining, the way she talks to her sister, and and it's like a drawing. It's not, like, real-life corpse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just as animated as anything else in the movie. Yeah. And so, I think my favorite thing about her is, I was going to say, her style from... The way she is as an adventurer and the way she is about her sister. The the part that she's unwilling to deal with the actual facts of it is a little dark, but I like the way that she's so like positive and yeah. like interacts with her and is willing to do anything. And then the flashback sequence where they say how that happened. You see her and her sister's dynamic in in action and their style together. And I thought all of that was really cool, and it painted a really rich picture. I've never seen the comics or anything, but its I thought it was really cool and fun. You've seen them, right? I briefly read it uh, once, because we actually had it at the store, and I remember thinking that the style of the comic was pretty cool. Uh, but it was kind of one of those things that I looked at really quickly before a customer was buying it. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, just like, oh, can I, you know, take a look real quick? And uh, I remember thinking that uh, most of the art was pretty cool. The pterodactyl is pretty awesome. and uh, But I didn't really get too much of an impression on it. And, and it wasn't actually until that we were like maybe like 15, 20 minutes in the movie. And I was like, I think this is a comic book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I like audibly said that out loud. <laughs> yes, Luke Besson likes that stuff. I mean, obviously, Fifth Element is uh, based around, what, Mobius, right? 
Uh, yep, yep. And uh, Valerian in the City of a Thousand Planets is based on a very popular French comic book series. Mm-hmm. I have I have one of them downstairs oh, cool. right now that uh, I haven't read, but get sue me, okay? I read very slowly. It's all good, man. No, stop good. judging me. I, I ain't judging. Mm-hmm. No judgment here. Mm-hmm. Judging. Mm-hmm. Tiger's oh, judging really, me. really, Tiger? He says, read more. Yeah. Well, I think my favorite part of the movie is definitely the inspector dude. And nothing against Adele. I think she is an amazing adventure hero, but mm-hmm. that guy just made me laugh. Yeah. Like, the most. For he some reason. really funny. For some reason. And I, I truly enjoyed our, our, main, our main character quite a bit. She's an amazing actress, and I feel that and, you know, I'm not trying to minimize anything uh, because I think she was great and totally... I, I enjoyed her her posture, the way the way she held herself, and like totally wouldn't let anyone like get in the way of her goals. I thought that was fantastic. Yeah, she was, don't she don't take no from take no one from no one, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and so I thought that was actually pretty cool. And uh, yeah, it's a really fun movie. Yeah, but yeah, basically anything with the inspector guy made me laugh, and uh, it'd be great if he had his own side comic at some point. <laughs> Every one of the characters is like so fully fleshed out. Even even the sister who is dead most of the time. I feel like we got a real sense of who she was just from like the flashback scene and then what happens later with her. Like I, I feel like I understand like how that character would be. Yeah. And like there like we said, there's the the guy who's pursuing Adele. Is uh he's he's a you know, kind of goofball. Yeah, that is actually super smart you know, yes. when he gets down to it. And uh, there's a hunter character that gets introduced. Uh, I kept thinking of the freaking hunter from Jumanji, which is not, not a good comparison because I, I don't... I'm just going to say this right now. I don't enjoy the movie Jumanji. It scarred me as a child. <laughs> I'll never get over it. No, I'm fine. Uh, but... He's, I mean, that's like he gets introduced like late, not even in the last half. Like it's, it's almost in the last like thirty minutes or something like that. Yeah, he's really fleshed out too. And and the the whole city itself is like you, you get the full tour of everything Heck that yeah. be going on in there. Well, I don't know what they, do you think they were still using the guillotine back in nineteen ten or whatever nineteen twelve? I hope not, but it probably it could have been. Yeah, that's weird. So, so okay. So, what the let's, this, <laughs> this movie's story is about Adele trying to bring her sister back from a, a near a state of near death. Mm-hmm. Yes, and trying to use the ancient sciences of the Egyptians, right? To the, do so, the Egyptian doctors who were very close to conquering death even back in the day, and that's you know that knowledge has been lost. However, but with the professor, she's hoping to get to do that, and then all the other stuff that happens around it—it's—it's it's just this whole cavalcade of like events that are, are going on. And I think she really was dead. Well, well, she, there were a couple scenes where she was sitting there, and it looked like she was breathing. Yeah. Really, so I, I felt it was yeah. more of a state of perhaps brain dead. And well, than, that makes sense because. Because she mentioned that she was like, oh, you haven't been eating much. Yeah. Like, and I know that maybe that was just like her reaction to like, you're not really dead. I'm trying to like, you know, like some type of reaction like that. But yeah, it makes sense that if she said she was dead, 
that she would acknowledge the fact that the professor could bring her back just straight right. there. Rather yeah. than rather than have to rely on a mummy to, yeah. to cure her. Yeah. So I'm not sure. Anyway. Oh, well, at the end when when the when what's happening to possibly bring her back is happening, she says like they said that we can't remove the needle, otherwise she will die. And then, you know, just takes out the needle. But so I think that they're yeah, at least she thinks that she's not dead. Mm-hmm. That she did, you know, the sister's not doing anything. She's catatonic at the very least. Right. Comatose. Romabose. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, okay, well, you know, um, one of the things I want to talk about is what, what age group do you think this movie is appropriate for? Because it's it feels so fun, adventure cartoony. But I feel like it's not a kid's movie. And not just because of the very short scene with nudity in it. Because I feel like that's, it's in France, that's wow. not even a blink of an eye. I mean, everybody's naked in a bathtub, let's be honest here. No, I don't, I don't <clears> get <throat> naked in a bathtub. Oh. That's kind of awkward, Joel. What? Like a never nude, like a <laughs> jean shorts. Jean shorts? Just specifically, <laughs> just specifically in a bathtub. I'm naked all the time. Oh, okay. Else. Fair enough. You know, all right. Walking all right. down the street. Hey, neighbor. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Hey, fair enough, man. No judgment here. Mm. It was it was more of a open question than than you know, no, no condescending judgmental tone. Stop judging me. Oh, oh man. <laughs> I would say that this movie is appropriate for teens and up. I would say this is definitely because I think I think the subject material alone would be interesting enough for someone. You know, that's not a kid, but not necessarily an adult either. Yeah, I think it's it has that adventurous kind of feel that that uh that people could uh people of most ages could really enjoy. Could dig into. Yeah, I think kids would like it, but there's death and nudity in it that I think a lot of kids would it would be too much for. The nudity is just kind of a lady in a tub, and then there's some innuendo made. Between right. the guy and the girl from the cabaret, too. Oh, you're right. But yeah, they're not much. And animaniacs. I don't. Know. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but the, I would say that the 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 dead stuff is the creepy stuff that might scare a kid. Okay. I could yeah, see that. I wonder what what it comes down to sensibilities because I feel like our you know <sighs> the things we saw. In the 80s, had a whole bunch of morbid stuff in it that we were just, you know, we, we took as it were. You know, I remember seeing Gremlins as a kid. There's all kinds of crap that goes on there. That, <laughs> and now I feel like, oh, maybe I shouldn't let, you know, my, my five-year-old nephew watch. Like, well, probably not, but six, seven, we're getting into the age where it's like, no, this is some cool stuff. It gets a little, it gets a little gooey, but maybe you'd enjoy it or something. Yeah. Like and I certainly saw... Uh, more blatant nudity than is in this movie when I was a kid. And, uh, you know, it's kids are going to react to nudity however they're going to react to it. Like, it's either going to be a big deal or it's not going to be a big deal. I think it's all a matter of how the parents react to it at the time. Uh, I also. see. I see. If you got the kind of parent that's going to grab a blanket and throw it over the TV, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's just the situation mm-hmm. you're in. <laughs> or you're going to watch Clash of the Titans like I did when I was a kid and uh, there's just a, you know, a mom bathing with her son and it's not a big deal. Yeah. But I, I, I feel like our age group is like the perfect demographic for this. Like 
you know, in, into the mid twenties to the, or to the late, you know, early thirties kind of thing, because I feel like we're itching for fun stuff like that. Like fun things like John Carter. Yeah. Was fun. You know, or like Star Wars has been fun for us. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. And it's just, just the right kind of like serious tone with funniness with, you know, and we, you know, this happens to be a French and that kind of adds like this, <laughs> this, uh, like, oh yeah, I watch a French movie <laughs> <laughs> kind of thing. It's, it's, I, it's just so evenly well toned. I can't imagine being bored with it, but I don't know. I'm not a kid. Yeah, I'm not a kid either, but uh, I Lies. mean, this is something that I probably would enjoy as uh, watching as a kid. Yeah, uh-huh. it's got this, you know, kind of almost Hellboy esque kind of feel as yeah. far as how the oh, story kind of flows, and uh, and and so definitely young, maybe high school Aaron would be like, "Whoa, I want to yeah. find the book. We I got to read this." We were talking about that a little bit when we were watching it, and I thought of the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen too. Heck yeah, mm-hmm. it's definitely got a Alan Moore kind of feel to it. Yeah. That's not for kids. Yeah, not, not the kids. movie, guys. Not the movie. Oh, the comics. Yeah, <laughs> the movie wants to be an adventure, fun time for grown-ups. Oh man, that'd be fun to review. I'm not saying it's the worst <laughs> movie ever, but. No, no, I I don't hate it as much as Joel does. <laughs> the com the comic is just the so comic is amazing. So good. It's so good. So different. It's not even it's a shadow. Not, yeah, it's not even a shadow of the comic at all. It's so weird. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. You you can't. It's not the kind of adaptation they should have even tried to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like I'm particularly attached to the, to the comic book work either. Like I, I've read it. But I'm not dying to, yeah, but to take something that's so well thought and, yeah, and paced and everything and just make like a stupid Indiana Jones team <sighs> knockoff Avengers. I mean, Alan, Alan Moore I mean, from hell. There you go. I never saw it. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah. Nothing like the book. Mm. It's a, like a Johnny Depp adventure movie as opposed to like how in depth and how messed up England was during that time. Yeah, so the I mean, this movie came out in 2010. Yeah, our spoiler rules are like five years, not not the original ten years. But I still, I mean, this this not. I do want to talk about the ending because I, I want to talk about something that I read here with you guys. So if you're you're worried about being spoiled on this movie, I think all three of us recommend it. Yeah, absolutely, go see it. Yeah. So yes, okay. Let me let me That's talk about man. The, the ending real quick. Uh, skip five minutes forward. I'm going to make sure that we stop talking about it by then. Uh, so at the end, she's like getting ready to take a vacation and goes to the Titanic, right? And evil guy is there and he's like, yeah, take care of her or whatever. <laughs> the reason why that happens is because in the comics, she skips forward like 20 years until after World War II. And the way they explain it in the comics is she was cryogenically frozen. Oh. So I think the intention was that she was going to be like frozen like Captain America. And okay. they were going to thaw her. Huh. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Which means we weren't going to get uh, Adele saves the Titanic, the adventure. Oh, okay. Unfortunately. But it does, that, that is why that ends that way, I think. Okay. Well, that was much quicker than five minutes. Uh, what'd you guys think? About those mummies. 
I thought they were pretty cool. It Those was, were fun. It was funny. I, I, I do like that the larger gentleman uh, ran into them multiple times. <laughs> that was pretty fun. <laughs> she was playing jokes on that other mummy was playing jokes on. Oh, I've been dead for years. <laughs> Let me have a little fun. <laughs> Del didn't want any of that. Well, yeah, she, this is the closest she's ever been to saving her sister. Mm-hmm. So they did try so. to bring the mummy back from the dead with the professor guy, and the per- the mummy comes back, right? And then the mummy says that he's not a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> he's a nuclear physicist or something. <laughs> He said a nuclear yeah. physicist, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Well, the Egyptians were advanced. Yes. It was very. Uh, it was all theoretical to him. <laughs> but he was very polite. And, uh, yeah, I that whole scene, the whole resurrecting scene, I was like, how is this going to work out? I mean, they're all going <laughs> to... They all gonna like turn back into mummies after the death? No, they just leave. <laughs> just leave. <laughs> leave the exhibit. Uh, there were a couple moments where I was thinking of the cost of um, what Adele was trying to accomplish, like mm-hmm. like the executioner getting his head chopped off. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, he <laughs> like, fell was, into it instead of I yeah. About Th- that that. kind of took me out of the movie for a moment because I was like, oh man, That's like brutal. not even an afterthought. But may- maybe it happened so quickly she didn't know that that he passed. You know, uh, yeah. There's, but, a, I mean, there's a couple of things where it's just like, uh, oh, there goes a bystander or something. Yeah. Like yeah. Back, back in Egypt, that one guy who was like helping her, she just like ditches him when she <laughs> pretty much. Well, see you later. That good luck. Got, good luck with these goofs. I'm out of here. Executed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Professor's got to take it out on somebody. Yeah, Adele definitely left a little bit of a little bit of a body trail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and the other professor's obviously dead. He got yeah, shot. Yeah, yeah. Or the old old man also. dead in her living room or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, pterodactyl left a body trail too. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. The old man didn't seem too concerned about that either. He was just kind of, he was just kind of like you know when I go to sleep it uh, just kind of eats people. Yeah, yeah. That hunter's probably dead too because at the during the uh, end credits scene, those gorillas are like, hey, let's eat this guy. <laughs> I assume that's what happens unless it's like uh, the end of Trading Places. If you'll recall what the gorilla does in that one, Aaron. Uh, you know, I just, I've seen Trading Places recently, so I, I really should know, <laughs> but I forgot. The gorilla touches his dingus. Oh <gasps> my gosh, Tyler. All night long. All night. Yeah, see, that's what happens. Okay, we're close enough to five minutes past here. Uh, we can stop spoiling. And that's how it ended. Yay! I have to mark that time. Inside the show notes, if I remember. What are you doing with it? You gotta mark so that they don't get spoiled on what happens at the actual very end of the movie. Yep. Her sister comes back to life. Anyways. Oh! Uh, <laughs> uh, breaking, all the, breaking all the podcast rules, Joel. Spoilers. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if you're interested in seeing this movie, it's available for full on free with commercials on... TubiTV.com. Yeah, there's actually all kinds of good stuff on that, that channel for free. You just, like I said, I think they have commercials going along with it, but I saw this on there. I saw The Man Who Fell to Earth. I nice. saw 
I can't even remember. There was just so much stuff that, like, I, I can't wait to check out the town that dreaded sundown. Ooh. That's not sci-fi. It's scary. <gasps> but, yes. Great movie. Really glad you picked it, Sarah. Thank you, Sarah. Sure. I'm glad that I'm not feeling like I have to defend something that I think is really bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there were a couple of moments that um, weren't my favorite choices, but I think that all in all, it's an entertaining movie, and I'm glad I picked it. It's not something I feel bad having to try and defend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what didn't you? What, what? What? What did you find disagreeable? I didn't know there was anything. You want me to say what I didn't like? Yes. Was it feces? Um. Yeah. I mean, some of the humor was a little bit um gross. Uh huh. And some of the some of the silly disguises. I thought they were funny, but I kind of thought they didn't have to do that mm. necessarily. Mm. And I, I don't want to say I I loved the movie. I loved it. I'm not going to get into it, but <laughs> you just got so surprised that there was anything that I thought. <laughs> no, I knew it was tough. You just weren't talking about it, so I didn't know. I kind of don't really feel the need to criticize it because of what it is. It's like a silly movie on purpose. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's like none of it really matters. It's not like you're expecting it to be serious. So. Right. Yeah. I do think it's important to point out with something. It's not like a flawless masterpiece or anything like that. But I think it's super enjoyable. And I intend to watch it again because, like I said, it was a lot of fun. I'm sad that they didn't make another one. That this wasn't successful enough, I guess, or I don't, I don't know what the situation was, but I would have watched like, like, yeah, a couple more in the series. It's lost to us, just like John Carter is lost to us. Buckaroo Bonsai. Mm-hmm. I had fun watching this, and I had very low expectations, so mm. I think that. I don't know. Maybe some people have high expectations going into a fantasy oh. movie like this, but I, I didn't. Yeah. So I was pleasantly surprised. <laughs> mm. How does it compare to the uh, the rest of the Luc Besson stuff that we're familiar with? You know, I'm realizing now that part of his style is a little bit over the top. You know? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. And a little bit silly. Everything is cartoony. That it, like even like the professional has cartoony parts in it, right? Yeah. Like I haven't seen uh, La Femme Nikita. Neither have I. I have. I think I've seen some of the TV show. Is it cartoony? Yeah. There you go. And it's obvious that one of his favorite, like he likes comic book stuff. Obviously, like when. It, He's done three different Arthur movie, Arthur and the Invisibles movies. Like, <laughs> I don't know anyone who likes like the first one, but maybe they were popular enough in France, and obviously he likes them. So, I think that it's all comparable. That's so funny because I was just thinking about. I went to see that new Paul Thomas Anderson movie, The Phantom Thread, and uh, I was thinking. 
he seems like a director that only does what he really wants to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's hard for directors. I think that they often have to do what producers and stuff want yeah. them to do or the company that's backing it or whatever. And I was thinking, wow, you know, Paul Thomas Anderson, he kind of, he kind of only does stuff he really wants to do, like the way he wants to do it. And I think that about Luc Besson too. I mean, I don't know if that's the truth or not, but my perception of it is you're going to get one of their things when you watch it. It's going to be their style. And it's different from Fifth Element, but I could see that, I could see there are similarities. I'd say mostly the, the, the quick pace of it. Like Fifth, fifth Element just stacks on stuff, stacks on details, world building. This one definitely does that too. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that as well. And strong female, you know, lead characters. That's, that's something he it's usually good stuff. has in his movies. Yeah. It's good stuff. Yeah. All I dig that. it. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm going to read the outro stuff, you guys. You think of a lesson that you learned from the extraordinary adventures of Adele Blancsic. Blanc, Blancsic, Blanc, Blanc. That movie. Is there a part where she gets arrested? Oh, yeah, that's right. She tackles the president of France. Anyway, here's the outro stuff. Uh, if you have any suggestions or comments, write into please don't podcast at gmail.com or message us on our Facebook page. We've been doing a lot of talking with people on our Facebook page recently. I, I reached out and got a whole bunch of suggestions. It's all good stuff, folks. Keep it coming. I really appreciate it. Aaron appreciates it. Yes. Sarah appreciates it. Yeah. Tiger? I don't know about him. If you uh, <laughs> subscribe to us on iTunes, we'd appreciate it if you left us a star and or written rating. That increases our invisibility. and We might move up those charts. That gets us more listeners, more suggestions, more episodes. Thank you in advance. If you have a few bucks, we do have a coffee site at ko-fi.com slash pdsmios. There you can drop $3 for us to get ourselves a nice cup of joe or uh, a soda in our case. And uh, it's it's just a nice thing. If you have 3 bucks to spare, we'd appreciate it. We we do pay for everything out of our own pockets. Or hot cocoa even. Hot cocoa. Yes, during these cold winter months in California when it's uh it gets as low as 53. Yeah. <laughs> it's a cold wind out there tonight. <laughs> Now, we actually had some nice rain recently. Nice, except for the fact that we had those huge fires, which means that we had mudslides. So, yeah, we're we're having fun. $3. Or a Cinnabon. We've oh, been yeah. watching Better Call Saul, yeah, and it makes you really want a Cinnabon. <laughs> there, there used to be a Cinnabon at the mall. I don't know if it's still there. I don't know but either. I don't think so. I used to go there a lot. Mm. Oh, yeah. You look like it. Thank you. I just meant I just meant you're covered with cinnamon. I dust. am covered in cinnamon it's dust. Really yeah. weird. It's all over my face. Uh-huh. Apologize. Check out the other shows on our podcasting network at eartrumpetaudio.com. A lot of great shows that are available there. You can join uh, our uh, friends on their journey through the top 100 uh, American Film Institute movies of all time at the Realist, or you can check out some of the great animal actors of our time at Pet Cinematary. Those are all available at eartrumpetaudio.com. All right. Do you have a lesson that you learned 
from Les Adventures Grande de la Edel Sambrobububu. Oui, oui. And what does that translate to? I don't know. Back to the future. <laughs> I have a bit of a serious lesson. All right. I think uh, I think this movie definitely shows that if you're going to be doing any sort of athleticism, uh, perhaps leave your hairpin at home, mm. or oh, yeah. or figure out uh, some way that your hair could be kept, uh, like a hairnet, maybe, or I don't know. And don't, don't bring anything sharp onto yeah. the tennis court. Yeah, that's that's my definite lesson from this movie. I can't think of a sport that requires a sharp thing, except for fencing. But they make you wear like a colander or something on your face, right? right? Yeah, and those foils are like like tipped off, so you can't actually yeah. stab somebody. Mm-hmm. It's good advice, Aaron. Thank you. Leave your hairpins at home. Yeah. Don't take your gun to the soccer field. Oh, yeah. Don't take your gun. Yeah. Yeah. Quite right. A lesson for this movie. I don't know. I guess the first thing that came to mind was uh, don't let the man get you down. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I don't even know why. (laughs) That was the first thing that came to mind. But um, I'm sure I could argue it if I needed to. But also, um, don't really, yeah, don't really worry because, um, in this, in this world, nothing is really fatal, even, even, uh, death. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a good lesson. I like that one a lot. Death is not the end, maybe. Yeah. My lesson is that every day you need to take a little bit of time. For yourself, and you know, and take take that take that break to eat. It's very important to eat, especially yeah. when your mind is being relied on to solve the mystery of the pterodactyl. Exactly. Just, just take a second to to finish that steak. You know, eat that sandwich. Yeah, you know, whatever else is going on. <laughs> He's got a couple of different sandwiches. Anyways, watch the movie. You'll know what I'm talking about. We'll see you next week, folks. Thank you for sticking with us, and we'll we'll uh, happy New Year to everybody. Happy New Year, guys. Happy New Year. Thanks for listening. I just broke the microphone. (laughs) Bye. Goodbye. Bye. EarTrumpetAudio.com Ideas and entertainment. Loud and clear.